Is that Carol Churchill? <laughs> it's it's Carol Churchill's little sister, oh. Margaret. Margaret, Margaret Churchill. Churchill. Yeah. Hello. I don't do so much to the writing, but uh, you know, I don't feel nearly as successful as my sister. Well, but nice I thought to meet I'd you there, Margaret. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm Harold Pinter. <laughs> Hello, Harold Pinter. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. I'm CJ. We Oh. <laughs> I'm CJ. Your characters you were so much a, better than mine. You do an okay British accent, CJ. You should jump in here. It's almost as good as Dinklage's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey. oh wait, wait! Uh, I'm Michael Caine. I'm Michael Caine. I did <laughs> see Cyrano. I did see Cyrano, and he just uses his normal accent, and it works. I liked it. I like the it's, movie Cyrano. We're gonna do it. We should do an episode on it. We'll do. Yeah, we'll do. I'm. I'm excited to see it. Kane. I've been watching Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the new season's about to drop. And Helen McCrory, let's give a shout out, you know, uh, rest in peace. Sure. Uh, <sighs> she's magnificent on that show. Yeah. And mm. so it'll be really, really interesting to see how they honor her in that sixth season. But I was just saying that everybody in that show, on that show, either has or should do or will do Pinter at some point in their careers because they're all just for sure they're all that just is fucking very, in it. they're all yeah. fucking in it you know show is very pinteresque you're what, right what what is that one about give me a one sentence uh it is about a uh a, a family of street toughs um who all come back from the first world war and they sort of start a crime family and it's how they crawl up through the ranks. Killian Murphy and, and uh, Tom I always, Hardy. I always Tom get Hardy's that one mixed it. up with, I for some reason I always assume that was the one where they were like surgeons doing surgery in one of those Oh theaters. no, that's the one with John Hamm. No, that's the, this is a different one. Wasn't, wasn't uh, Daniel Radcliffe in he one of those? He was, yeah, okay. he was in that one. I'm Very getting better at my yeah, actors. Good work, good work. Not good enough. <laughs> I know uh, Harry Potter's name. Remember when we did a Harry Potter miniseries just to do it? It was just one episode. It was just an. Oh, it was one episode. Oh, we did a Marvel series. We had to do a Marvel series. We had to do it in a single episode. Eternals, I've rewatched a few times since it's been on Disney Plus. Still slaps. Still a good movie. I Welcome to Theater Theater, the theater podcast for theater nerds made by three theater makers from the L.A. theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Burcham. I'm C.J. Merriman. And I'm Scott Leggett. And each week we get... How are you doing, Scott? Each week... It's been a rough one. It's been a rough one. This Understood. Is, this is my joy of the week. So. This is the joy to talk about Pinta. Pinta. Yeah. Uh, but each week we do get together and we discuss, debate, and disseminate the evolutions of the great playwrights by taking a macro look at three of their plays. And this is part three of three. That's right. We're about to say goodbye because this is the end of our mini series covering the works of Harold Pinta. That's right. It's the birthday party 
finale. Potty. P-O-D-D-Y. Potty. Potty. It's great. Uh, It's very clever. We covered the birthday party on episode one, the homecoming, the best of the Tom Holland Spider-Man, Spider-Mans, and then uh, Betrayal is this week. Yeah. Uh, I guess I could have led that up better. And this week, we are covering (laughs) CJ's pick, which is what? Betrayal. That's right. (laughs) 1978's Betrayal. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a, like, you know, we like to do the evolution. So we did something kind of early. His first legitimate. Full scale. Full scale. Hey, oh, Scott, you reminded me of something uh, the other night at the bar, at the Broadwater, at the Plunge. Yes. You said, hey, some of those one acts that we glossed over are actually no acts that are like 90 minutes long. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh. So I went right. back, but I did realize the ones I did gloss over are ones I couldn't really find info on. Right. Isn't it so weird? So it's also, it's weird. Because it's like, there's so much information on Pinter himself. Yeah. So then when we get to, when I start looking up the specific plays and I'm like, and it's like, it was performed once and Ian Holm was there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, but there's a lot of info on these three plays. Yes. Which made it really fun. Now, if you're here because you have a test on betrayal tomorrow, I'm sorry. Because uh, <laughs> we, you will not pass. We, you will not pass. Also, we've spent you know 20 minutes just getting getting back together. It's just so yeah. good to get back together each week. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. Um, but we are gonna now talk about betrayal. Ooh. Uh, good ass play. Yeah. Yeah. Question yeah. mark. Yeah. No, it's a good ass play. I you you had hyped it just enough, Bailey. Okay, okay. Because you you jumped on it early and you were like, "What do you think?" A couple of weeks ago, as we were starting, you were like, yeah. "What do you th- what do you think of Betrayal?" I'm like, "I've never read it." And you were like, "What? What?" And you were so excited to have it. And CJ hadn't at that point either. Mm-mm. I was excited because it's once you get what it's doing, it's so fun. Yes. In my opinion, like mm-hmm. to figure out when everything is mm-hmm. right. Um, so I, before we get too deep into this, um, CJ. Yeah. I love you so much, but we need to talk. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? I just think you might be uh, going through something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can see it in your eyes. Mm-hmm. I can see it in your dimples. Yeah. And your mouth. Yeah. Which means I can also see it in her butt. Your butt. <laughs> You're right. It is in my butt. CJ's breakdown. An extramarital affair between Emma and Jerry, Emma's husband's best friend, told in rewind from its endy end to its beginning. The hook. Who's betraying who? When? You'll have to read slash slash watch to find out. That's exactly right. Now, we've talked a lot about cucks on this miniseries. Cuck. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite word. I think it might be mine, too. I feel like we're taking it from the right wingers. I love it. I love it. I think it's hilarious. We're taking it from Joe Rogan. We're stealing it back. I I think it's a really (laughs) funny word. Um, And that's kind of what this is about. This is cuck city. (laughs) Cuck. <laughs> well, and, about and, and everybody's kind of cucked. Like everybody that, well, is, and they the cuck play themselves. could be called cucked, and it would still hold as much weight as betrayal. Because yeah. 
cucking is basically a betrayal. I mean, unless you're into it, is like a constant betrayal, right? So there's all these layers of betrayal. I'm. Can we just? We're gonna start recur- referring to this play as cuck for the rest of the play, for the rest of the podcast. Harold um, Pinter's cuck. Hello, I'm Harold Pinter. I wrote this play. I hope you enjoy it. It's called Cuck. <laughs> this week on a podcast, we got Errol Pinter talking about his new play, Cuck. Hosted by Carol Churchill. Now, I, I <laughs> that's right. That's right. I will say. Ah, uh, I say that a lot. I will say, I will say this thing that I'm about to say. Yeah. This will be say it. Yeah, you're so not lying. It. You're not lying. Do it. You're not lying. I will say. Say it. This is based in truth. Pinter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a, something that he did. He is the. His wife, ex-wife. Jeremy. Cuck. He, right. <laughs> Wait, was he the Robert? No, he was the. Jeremy. I don't know. He would have been the Jerry. He was the Jerry. He was the cheater. Yes. Okay. But Um, everyone here is a cheater. You're right. Everyone's a cheater. We do find this out. Spoiler alert. Now. Here's the thing cheating on themselves more than anybody (gasps) else. Am I lying? That's why the play is called Cock. Come on now. Now. (laughs) So we have this reverse chronology thing. Um,. I did say, I think it was in episode one, I was like, I want to compare it to one of my favorite movies. It's okay. a Nolan movie. Okay. You know what it's called, Scott? Memento. Memento. A movie that is also told backwards. backwards. Uh, well, but it goes all the well, way backwards. This true. goes backwards, forwards, backwards. But so does Memento. Remember the things that are in black and white are oh, in Oh, that's right. You're order, right. You're and the right. things See, that are but not. But it's more are, like Merrily We Roll Along. I no, it's less it, like Marilyn I called it Harold this Pinter's last five years. It's got a bit of that. <laughs> no, yeah. you're right. That's a good way to look at it because last five years is two people starting at different I points. I mean, it's the beginning coming and the back end, together, coming passing. to the middle and then passing. Yeah, right, and this same. is similar to that. But uh, so the first two scenes take place after the affair has ended in 1977, mm-hmm. to give a year. The Final scene ends when the affair is beginning. Mm-hmm. The night that it begins. Which is in 68, so nine years before, is the final scene of the play. Right. And then in between 77 and 68, we have scenes sort of moving forward chrono- chronolo- chronology. Chron- chronologically. Chronologically. <laughs> But they're mostly taking place in two different years. Isn't it the final year, 77, and then like a middle year, 73, I want to say? 73, there's, yeah. Then they I, have, I'm just they, trying to remember from the script. I don't have it in front of me. I should have it's brought the, it. It's scenes five, six, and seven are the ones that are in chronological or, order that move forward. Yeah. Well, yes. and some little device that I love that he did in this was the next scene is like, hey, hey, remember that little thing they were talking about in the scene before? We're going to flesh that out in this scene right here. Right. Whether right. it's the apartment they got together or when they first met each other or all that stuff. I yeah. just liked that little. Yeah. Snack. Roger Ebert really loved. This oh, movie. I'm glad you're pulling that quote. I read that quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He liked it. It's the, they made a movie in 83, um, and his. 
uh, which which Pinter, I believe... He, he wrote the script for it. Also wrote the screenplay, yeah. Um, and Ebert has this great quote that kind of touches on everything we're talking about where he said, the betrayal structure, excuse me, the cuck structure... <laughs> um, this is Ebert's quote, I'm just saying what he said. <laughs> cuck structure uh, strips away all artifice. In this view, the play shows heartlessly that the very capacity for love itself is sometimes based on betraying not only our other loved ones, but even ourselves, mm. right? Which is sort of what you brought up, Scott. Yeah. It, I really love this play, and I think we've talked a lot about, like, Pinter-esque things. Um, I've directed that first scene in Scene Studies and been in that first scene in yeah, Scene Studies. Yeah. Like, mm. it's a good, juicy scene. There's a lot of them in here. Um, a lot of people like to point at this one and go, like, yeah, but that's not Pinter. That's, like, him, like, telling his own story. Oh, and I'm just, like, and but it... It's that, still so Pinter. It's him yeah. showing his range. He can do, I mean, to me, this felt like the most accessible play. Like anyone could pick sure. up this play and enjoy it as opposed to like birthday party where it's like, but he just said it wasn't his birthday, but they keep insisting it's his birthday. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I totally agree. And what I was going to say was that I think it was episode two that I said, I thought that the definition of Pinteresque changes. It's a moving target. But he does things with this that he does in all the others, like answering a question with a question. Yeah. That he, he keeps using that technique. That's Pinteresque. And it keeps building. It builds these little brilliant fucking arcs of intensity and um, conflict. It raises the stakes. He raises his own stakes in a really unique way. He does, and he actually has a really amazing grasp of the fact and, and, and understanding of the fact that daily conversation is not logical. Mm. We right. don't speak the way that people write plays most of the time. Yeah. Right? Like and it's we almost speak distracting in what it is. Yeah, yeah. It is you're right. It's almost distracting when it's too perfect. Like when it's when it's Amy Sherman Palladino and you're watching, you know, uh, Gilmore Girls and you're like, no one talks uh, nobody like this. Talks but like... that's why you watch it. But that's right? why you watch that's it because it's so good it. and so well executed. Yes, Gingy Cohen is the same thing where you're yeah, just kind of like, yeah. okay, we, yeah, right? no one yeah. talks like this, but I yeah. love it. That's not Sorkin too. Yeah, Sorkin does that. And, but I still, but that's why I like it. That's the fantasy of it. But we don't, you know, like we don't often respond to what the other person has said to us, and yet we're still communicating. Like you said, the question thing, like that birthday party is chock full of that. Yeah. Of just like somebody saying something and somebody else saying something that has nothing really to do with it. But they're also sort of acknowledging what the other person said when they say, like it's like what could be read on the page as just non sequiturs and even in betrayal like to get back to betrayal like something that is more palatable for like a normal audience because it's more dialogue-y sometimes they're still just not responding what, to what the other person actually yeah, said. yeah where stuff comes out that just appears to be absurd and you can see that it is a layered nuanced moment of right. somebody self-reflecting again we but go back this to that play just, is set deep in reality but then he heightens it because of that ability yeah. to manipulate language you know yeah. um it's still theater but it feels more real and like how we speak yeah and that i like that you know uh i bailey i know you mentioned it earlier that this is this is based on an actual affair he had <laughs> and uh -huh. i just wanted to 
comment that the name of the woman he had an affair with was Joan Bakewell, which I can't imagine a more British name for someone. Joan Bakewell. Joan <laughs> Bakewell, yes. If you're then, watching your great British baking show, we all know the, what a Bakewell tart is. Yeah, right? That's right. And, then, and we know and, Pinter had a huge schlong. So. Huge, yeah. <laughs> Jim Jones-esque, if you think about it. It was, it's girthy. it was girthy and lengthy. It was girthy and lengthy. <laughs> CJ, do you have a little bit of a thing for Jim Jones? I know far too Lake much about Lake. Jonestown and all that shit yeah. just because I'm obsessed with cult leaders. Yes, so you, I know a lot wanna, about Jim Jones. You want to you touch she, him? No. I was just checking be, in. I was concerned. I, just, I think she wants to be in the cult. I've oh, I, No, I've yeah. listened to the last podcast on a left series about Jonestown yeah. probably ten times. And it's six episodes. So Hardcore. Yeah. It's I'm I've watched right. a lot of those. Do- There's like ten different documentaries on it, and I feel like I've seen them all like six times. Like Scott has an amazing connection to Jim Jones. What yeah. do tell? Let's take yes. let's take two minutes out of the <laughs> pod right. real quick. What is it? <laughs> I'm in. So true story. So after Jonestown happened, um, my dad was in the Air Force, and we were st- stationed at Dover Air Force Base, which is the. Um, mortuary for the military basically all bodies coming back to america from overseas go through delaware dover air force base to be processed so at one point all of the bodies were (gasps) stacked in wooden coffins in a hangar and my mom and dad drove me by it so that i could see it (laughs) oh my god i don't know how old i could i mean i don't remember what year but i was super young and but it was so prevalent all over the news. I mean, it was that was what everybody was talking about. And so I don't know if they went to take me to see it if they or if they were driving over that way to see it. But you could literally there was just a road that went through and you could you could pass the hangar and there it was open and that's you nut were just stacked balls. on top of each other. That yeah. is nutballs. That's nutballs, right? So I seen I'm thank you for telling us that the bodies. Yeah, you have to leave it in. I want everybody to hear that. It's but such a good story. I just want to remind us that the way we got there is because I said Pinter probably had a big schlong. And then you said <laughs> we Jim got to Jones dead bodies from, and now we're there. There's a straight um, line that's not so straight between <laughs> between Pinter's cock and uh, dead bodies. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're not wrong. Um, okay. So, what do we want to talk about about betrayal? There's, I mean, we could go There's, scene by scene. I think that's extraneous. That's extraneous, um, but it it is it's that it's that build and how you get to know everybody and um, again what I was so fascinated with it I read it twice by the way I read, oh, cool. read it, I turned around and read it twice because I'm like ah oh, now that I know let's go yeah. back and see how you play it you was know, more fun that to final read it. Scene. yeah and and just again he gives you so many options it's so open for interpretation that first scene could be absolutely gutting or it can be charmingly weird it could be sexy it could have a little something underneath it if you wanted to go that way like is the spark still there you know that kind of thing but it gives you so many options to play with and um so i'd read it and then i had remembered seeing the movie years ago but not really i remember jeremy irons was in it so i kind of watched a few clips from the movie and i'm like oh this is dead serious like they're playing it flat. And then I watched a wonderful reading of the scene with um, uh, uh, Charlie Cox and Tom Hiddleston. 
mm. uh, that they did. I Daredevil think, and Loki. Daredevil and Loki. <laughs> and it was definitely played for laughs, not like huck, huck, ha, ha laughs, but that's where they, they were hitting punchlines and, and nailing moments. And there was that great moment where where I think it's scene four where they're talking about playing squash and going to the showers and all that. And, she, and then she steps in after she's been quiet for a minute and it's like, can I watch? And like, <laughs> there's this just like, there's just, it's so funny and so charged by the time you get to that moment in the play, yeah. because, and then you start to go, well, maybe is this where, cause I kept waiting for the bottom to drop out too. Like sure. in the birthday party and the homecoming, like you kept waiting for the weird to drop in at some point. Yeah. So sure. I'm like, are the two dudes having an affair too? Mm. Like, yeah. is that where this is going to go? Like, all right. Like, um, it, so that just, all of that was just fascinating. But then each of these, man, I would play in each of those characters. No question. Like I do like a lot of the bomb drops, like the you know, like how we find out information and the chronology of the scenes chronology definitely helps with that. But I think I think that's the most fun part of this play is like how information is divulged to us. Yes. And like when we find out, oh, he's known the whole time. He's known the whole like, uh -huh. or at least half the time. Most like, of the time. He's known for like, four years now. Right, yeah. exactly. And you're just like, like <laughs> an amazing bomb drop. I love that stuff. I think, first of all, the thing that kind of hit me was um, the ease at which these men can talk about hitting their wives. Mm. Like that, oh, yeah. that kind of, that, that stuck out to me. But I mean, I think honestly, the thing that I took away from this play the most uh, is it just, it bummed me out of this whole thing of like, staying in relationships that you are unhappy in mm -hmm. and not even just marriages like they stayed in that affair when clearly it wasn't yeah. doing anything for either of them for a while and it's it just overall the play just made me sad for everybody involved <laughs> yeah it's kind of a play about like codependence yeah in a weird way without being about that Right? right, like I mean, in a more modern sense, like I think that's how I would view these relationships in some way. Because even an affair can be codependent. Sure. You don't have to see each other every day to be codependent. You know, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. Now, okay, so you brought up the 2019. Uh, that's the Jamie Lloyd directed with Tom Hiddleston, uh, Zawe Ashton. Oh, that Zawe um, Ashton and yeah. Charlie Cox, right? And then you have so a few of the productions worth mentioning on Broadway. You have Raul Julia mm -hmm. as Jerry, Blythe Danner as Emma, and Roy Scheider as Robert. That's interesting. Kind of and a what weird What year cast. was that? That was like 79, 80? Yeah. It was, a, it was a two years after the London um, Open. Okay. So, yeah. So, we're so like 80, 80 81. 81. Yeah. It's before the movie, but it's Raul Julia, it's Blythe Danner, and Roy Scheider. Roy Scheider... I mean, like, coming off of Jaws a few years before. I mean, I don't know what else he's doing around them, but I guess oh, he's man. I mean, he worked, down. He worked a lot. Like, he worked a lot. That's Plus, true. he was just a year or two away from Blue Thunder, which is one of the best <laughs> movies ever. Is it? About a super helicopter. Yes. Okay. Well, if you were I'm looking probably going to download movie, it right now. <laughs> you're looking for a movie about a super helicopter. I am. I've been it's, looking it's for It's actually that. a pretty good little thriller, and it's all set in L.A., and it's got some really cool I've LA been actively it. seeking super helicopter flicks. Yeah. So I'm excited. I mean, well, I Blue Thunder the over Airwolf any yeah. day. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. 
to it, to will. the castings that stuck out to me was Michael Gambone and Bill Nye did it yeah. as well. Yeah. So that's the 1991 uh, at the Almeida Theater, Almeida Theater. I don't know how to say it, um, but that's in London. I want to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is. It was directed by David Laveau, and mm-hmm. you're right. It's Bill Nye, Martin Shaw, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Cheryl Campbell was Emma. Cheryl Chichu. Cheryl Sh- Sherschel. Uh, and then where did Gambon do it? Oh, I, I see. He was in the original. So right. the original cast was Penelope Wilton, Michael Gambon, and Daniel Massey. That's a good cast. That's a good and cast. And then uh, uh, Wilton we were and Massey about... were married at the time. Hmm. Right. That's oh, right. Because she was in a lot of, a lot of his stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, have y'all ever seen the Seinfeld episode based on this play. Right, yeah. I, it, Probably. Yeah. And I didn't know that until, of course, until right. pretty, pretty recently. But it's, it's pretty It's episode brilliant. eight of the final season. Okay. Um, so it's My episode parents eight, would know it immediately. Nine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and basically, it's like o- overtly based on... It's called The Betrayal, is the name okay. of, the, of the episode. Um Apart from the title, uh, there's a character in it named Pinter Ranawat. Uh, and then the episode is structured in reverse and features like a love triangle thing as the central theme. I don't remember the episode super well, uh, but I went back, I, or I didn't, so I went back and watched it. And it is, it's very obvious that it's like he's. It's not like it's on accident. It's very much that, and it's right. it's very good. All um, right, very funny. I'm not. I I gotta be honest. I put back on the first season of Seinfeld during the pandemic, and I didn't like even get through it. Mm-hmm. I was like so bored, and I was like, that used to be one of my favorite shows. What happened? And then I started thinking, up. like, maybe it's the later season. So I started like on like four. I, I think you're right, Siege. I don't know that that show holds up, and people are screaming at their their phone or whatever you listen to this on right now but like i i don't know kind of boring well, right well <laughs> i can dig boring i just don't know it, it don't just know. i think that that humor also there's just been a, a shift in in comedy and the humor mm-hmm. and i think people you know it was a show about nothing about you know a group of assholes being and mean i love to each larry other. david yeah, yeah and they're mean to each other i think the difference between that and his show on hbo Curb your enthusiasm, that, which I can still watch and love, because he puts him, he makes himself the target, and yeah. so everybody else is is normal, and and he's not, he's a mean and an asshole, so he gets his comeuppance. Right. But basically, for Seinfeld, all four of them were, were I were supposed to be horrible people, and yeah, I, and that's true. we're just in a Ted Lasso kind of world. I I will say the last. The last time I watched Seinfeld was research because I was doing a bar show that I think Scott, you did come see. You did it at the Rockwell. I did, yeah. At called... the Rockwell. It was the last, almost last thing I did before lockdown. Oh wow! Yeah, it was called Dear Jerry Seinfeld, and it was an episode of Seinfeld, but it I was mixed that. with Dear Evan Hansen, and I played George Costanza. I remember that. It was fun, but yeah. I remember you rehearsing for it backstage yeah. of Killers or something. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, uh, okay, but hats so... off to Seinfeld for Seinfeld. doing, yeah. <laughs> for doing, for d- d- riffing yeah, on Pinter. That's that makes ballsy. me like it more. Really <laughs> I mean, 
that it makes sense that Larry David would be a total like pinter nerd, like theater nerd sure. and stuff. Yeah. And it, it makes sense. And he goes um, all the time. He's had all kinds of stuff. But also the thing you said about Seinfeld being like about horrible people, I can watch Veep. Which is also Julie Louis. Yeah, Dreyfus. but I think what? it's it's they're horrible people, but they're not eating each other yeah. as much. You know, it's a different yeah. way. But yeah, no, I get what you mean. But when I was a kid, Seinfeld was my family oh and my I was God, show. We oh yeah, every we night. gather like, around know, the television. It's, it's yeah. legendary. Legendary. Seinfeld and Friends were big for us. Golden yeah. Girls and Cosby Show were. Other yeah, and I was about to say and Cosby. But yeah. Have you all watched the? Okay, we can't do this, but. Have y'all watched the We Need to Talk About Cosby? No, what's it on? No. Do you Showtime. Okay. Oh, yeah. damn it. Showtime's the shit, first of all. It's, it has a lot of good movies that you can't find in other places. But second of all, uh, it's, it's, it's very good. Uh, it's a doc about everything that happened. It's a, it's a series. Yeah, it's a few episodes. Uh. And it's, it's, but it's, but it's, it, I will say, what I hated about Leaving Neverland or whatever mm-hmm. it's called was was that it was so about the actual events of what happened and like sure. hearing those stories and I was just kind of like oh it was harrowing like four hours of, it was and I I needed to watch I felt like I needed to watch it and I did and I was like great okay yeah. I can like I now I know and I can put it away but this is very much more focused on who Cosby was to not only the black community in America but America. Like, oh, who yeah. was he? And it, it it does a really good... It's sort of like the People versus OJ uh, doc mm. that they made before the Ryan Murphy show, where it really just focuses Which is in awesome. on a man and why we should have actually... It is awesome. But why we should have actually maybe known earlier. Like, that's right. kind of what it's about, is, like, actually, all the signs were really there. Like, he had this whole stand-up bit that he would do about it called Spanish Fly. Spanish about, Fly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's just I've like, heard it. <laughs> why have we not been? Yeah, but it's 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 really well done, and he he, you just get to hear a lot of of representation, or, you know, representation of voices like speaking about it, and it, I think it's worth watching, uh, in my opinion. Um, so betrayal. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to our podcast on pedophiles. <laughs> oh, so, oh, he wasn't a pedophile. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> on horrible monsters. Um cut that out i don't know why i said that okay <laughs> so uh let's get back to it so betrayal if we need to cut out all of that talk we totally can no i it's a show of digressions it is yeah. that's true i think it's worth going through the awards that this won because this is sort of his most major playing play this is the one that has won the most i would say um he gets the olivier for the original uh london production play of the year and then michael gambon was nominated for actor of the year okay uh right original broadway production it gets the drama desk nope it's not blythe danner is nominated for the drama desk uh pinter wins best foreign play at the drama critic circle cool okay. and it is nominated at the tonys for blythe danner hmm. for performance of a leading actress in a play and direction of a play peter hall but nominated does not win. The Broadway revival in 2000 uh, gets a bunch of nominees in the Drama Desk Award, the Outer Critics Circle, and then it is nominated for Best Revival of a Play, Best Performance of a Play for Juliet Binoche, Mm. uh, but did not win. It does win the Theater World Award that year. Um, And then the West End revival in 2011 
with Kristen Scott Thomas, uh, she gets nominated at the Evening Standard Theater Awards and the Laurence Olivier Awards, which the Evening Standard, I don't know that I've ever even heard of. Uh, and then the 2019 West End Revival with Tom Hiddleston gets – he gets nominated at the Critics Circle. No, he doesn't. He gets nominated at the Evening Standard Theater Awards. I don't know what these are. Huh. <laughs> um, but then he goes to Broadway with it and gets nominated for leading role in a play at the Tonys. All right. But does not win it. It, it gets nominated for director, scenic design, best revival – and performance and doesn't win any of them, sadly. Um, but I wonder what year that was. What year was that? 2019, a good year for plays. I think, I don't, what, what would have won that year? We're going to find out. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> 2019. Here, I'll give you a topic. A peanut is neither a pea nor a nut. Discuss. <gasps> Are you doing a bit? What, what I'm getting is, what's for that voice? What's the Talk voice? Talk amongst yourselves. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. We, <laughs> the, we brought him up on the miniseries already. Yeah, put some butter on it. When Barbara called me the other night, I didn't know what to do. I was clamped. Oh, like butter. <laughs> oh, I loved that bit. Uh, uh, it's a good bit. For 2019. The Ferryman. Oh, right. Sam Mendes. Dude, The Ferryman. Have you all yeah. read that play? Uh-uh. Yeah, it's Jez Butterworth. Great. That shit's crazy. And it's, it's Hades like Tunyer. Yeah, it's the Hades Tunyer for... And oh, fucking, yeah. And um, Brian Cranston wins. Tootsie, and... yeah. Tootsie is trash. I don't know how that did so it's, well. I've seen posters up Boys for it all over the place. Here in L.A. Is Tootsie coming to L.A.? It sure is. Where is it going to be? Pantages? Let's not, don't, let's not hype it. It's I just trash. was surprised. It's I was anti-change like, how... garbage. I hate it. Yeah, I was like, I, I'm just surprised. Um, This same year, best performance by an actress in a leading role in a play in the Waverly Gallery. Winner, Elaine May, the director. Sorry, I thought that was cooler than... No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Elaine May is awesome. I've, oh, God, I've yeah. I've been yeah. revisiting her movies. Um, Okay. What else? What else you got? What else you got? Man, they drink a lot in this play. Yeah. It, it, every play. scene has got some booze in it. It feels like, uh, yeah. unless I'm wrong, they're they're drinking throughout. And um, it, 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 what's that about? Is that about guilt? Is it about um, uh, self destruction? Is it about? Um, What's it about? What do you think all the like? I don't know. I pointed. I don't know. I mean, it's like why? Why do people drink a lot? It's usually because there's some shit going on that you don't want to deal with. Maybe you don't want to deal with the fact that you're cheating on your husband. Uh, like you're cheating on your husband because there's something wrong with your fucking marriage. You know? I mean, yeah. yeah. You're hiding something, so you're numbing the guilt of hiding something from your husband you have kids involved with this i mean that would be my guess sure oh, and then i love it that jerry starts to get jealous and worked up about his wife's potential affair and we what uh, judith is her name <laughs> yes and we never see her she's right. just alluded to she's not part of the triangle no voice but she's you. off late at night working as a doctor and She's been having lunches and drinks and coffees. He gets he gets jealous that Emma is seeing the other guy. Maybe even though she she talks oh, about right. it. Right, like, that's right, that's right. He's just a jealous man. Yeah, but I mean, isn't that usually the thing? Like, usually people that are hyper jealous or untrusting, it's usually because 
they're not to be trusted. <laughs> right. Probably. Uh, probably. You know, I mean, that's that's one of the cool loaded things about all of these characters, you know, because there's something to dislike about all of them as well. Uh, Robert might be the most likable just because he's not having an affair. <laughs> well, but sure. he is. You find out he's been having an affair well, this yes, whole time. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're they, right. They're, this is Seinfeld. I mean, no wonder they picked Betrayal as a Seinfeld episode. Sure. Because everyone here is just fucking everybody over. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, but mostly themselves. A... They're all a bunch of fucking cucks. They are, which is why the play is called <laughs> Cuck. Um... <laughs> I do think with yeah, Lady Cook. I do think Pinter is very much like many of the playwrights we've covered, a poet who chooses mm -hmm. drama as his medium. Mm -hmm. Right? And I I think you can feel that here even though it is more real. There's a flow to this. There, he understands dialogue. He's giving it a poetry feel in some ways without it being poetic. That's mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how oh, to say yeah. that differently. Um but I I Unless y'all have anything else to say about Betrayal, we have some other things to do today. Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed covering Pinter. Me too. I, I did too. Um, I'll throw in one last I thing. This. I have one last bullet point in my notes. Yeah. But it applies to all of his plays, so it's unifying. But the idea of memory that it repeats throughout all of his plays that people sure. can't remember, like Jerry in particular, he can't remember what kitchen he threw the little girl up in the air with. He, he can't remember her dress. He can't, there's all these things about memory and how memory impacts who and what you are at that particular moment, who and what the character is in that particular moment. Right. Um, and it, he did it in the birthday party, he did it in homecoming and he did it here too. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We like him. <laughs> And I mean, so, but you're kind of getting to the heart of it, right, Skye? like, what makes Pinter, Pinter? That's the question I posed at the beginning. What it, What is Pinter-esque? And I think my answer is it deals with identity. I think that's a big piece of it as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it also deals with flow of how of unlogical ways of speaking and not necessarily absurd ways of speaking whereas beckett ionesco sometimes it feels just like absurdity mm -hmm. like just, right. just something random right whereas this doesn't ever actually feel so random as much as it feels like what does that mean mm -hmm. are right. they meaning something by that right and i think maybe that's my answer to Pinter-esque. And it's an evolution too. the idea that, because we talked about it in the birthday party, there are distinct moments of quote unquote absurdism, capital A absurdism, that are meaningless, literally, um, that he sort of, you can see him taking that notion and, and with the homecoming, he then turns it into something. And then with this, he's it's it becomes something more subtle as well, uh, that that it is all absurd. That there's a philosophy and a worldview that's clearly going through everything. But I think betrayal is also insanely more personal. So I think that that affects the Pinteresqueness of it all. I think that's true. I it's a later true. Doctor Who episode. It's like you better fucking pay attention to everything because everything means something. <laughs> Everything's gonna come back. <laughs> 
<sighs> I've been thinking yeah. a lot about like being an artist and not knowing whether or not you've made an impact. Like when you die, like it's possible to not know whether or not your art lives and like things like that. And I, I, it made me think of that episode, which I don't know how I know this episode. Somebody must have just shown it to me, but there's an episode of Doctor Who with Van Gogh. Oh, yeah. Where mm-hmm. he like is like, no, you, he like takes him to a museum and he's like, no, you did it. And mm-hmm. it made yeah, me really happy. Gets to show. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's it. I remember that episode. Bill Nighy is in that episode. He plays he? the art expert who tells oh, him. Oh, yeah. He tells I him that right. He's, he's like, like, oh, no, this no is... the, he's, he's the best painter who ever, ever. existed. And he's and the standing there, like, listening. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So we have some things that we need to do. We got some house cleaning. We some got some stingers. House. We got stangers. some stangers we need to throw down. So the first one that I like to do, because it's, you know, it's my, it's my favorite thing. What? <laughs> is this one. Bailey loves ranking shit. That's right. I love ranking shit. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to kill some darlings right now. I'd love to hear your three, two, one. Scott. Uh, uh, all right. Birthday party, betrayal, the homecoming. Birthday party's number three. Betrayal's number two. Homecoming, number one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You want me to go? You want to go, Siege? I'll go. And if what? I may say, I feel like this is more of a question of how do you like your pinter? Right. Yeah. Yeah. How do you because, take your pinter? How do you take your pinter? Because these are all medium completely rare. different. Um, medium rare is the correct answer for stakes. Three betrayal, two homecoming, one birthday party. Wow. Three betrayal, two homecoming, one birthday party. Mm-hmm. We are all different. <gasps> that doesn't That's happen fun. very often. It that doesn't. Means good. That means they're good. That means they're good. <laughs> but also, it's because it's it's kind of like I don't. I, it's kind of hard with these three. I liked them all. I yeah. really enjoyed them all. And would number, love to how do you take your pinter? Again. How do you take your pinter? Number three. This is tough. I love all three of these. But number <laughs> three, the homecoming. Wow. Number mm-hmm. two, betrayal. Number one, birthday party. Wow. All right. wow. I really love birthday party. I don't know if it's because I'm like a sophomore. Uh, or freshman uh, writer, like playwright right now, but like reading a first play and being like, oh, you have a voice is really exciting to me. And then to see that voice evolve is also exciting. But to see Birthday Party still hold up against his later work is also cool. It makes me wonder like, you know, will three guys, one group on hold up to my work like years in in the future? Yes, it will. Well, we'll see. We're about, to, we're about to find we're out. About It'll to only find crash out. and burn if you fuck it up, CJ. No, I ain't gonna. <coughs> I know you won't. You'll be great. <laughs> um, CJ plays Stanimal. That's that's the name. Stan. Yeah. Stanley. I'm so fucking excited. It's gonna be really fun. I uh, need this. So th- those are fun. Okay, rankings. We ranked them. It's yeah. All, it's all over. I, I really love doing that. Thanks for letting me do that. The next one we have to do, though, is also very fun. This is and hard. A, this is a, actually really hard. That's yeah. a really pretty stinger. It goes like this. Dream rolls. Yeah. Do y'all have any dream rolls? Yeah. Oh, do I? Go, Siege. Uh, I put Meg, Emma, and Ruth, which are basically the three women in these plays other than Lulu. But then also, I thought Lenny might be kind of fun. There's Ooh, something about oh, being yeah. evil and maniacal that I'm very interested in. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I went back and forth between Lenny and Stan. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think Stan is mine. Yeah. I could see you playing Stan. I think I could handle that part really well. Yeah. yeah. I, there's not much else. Like, Betrayal, I think I'd like to put my hands on as a director someday. I don't know that I um, have a take on the homecoming. I could probably play any of those dudes. But the birthday party excites me most to be in. I think that'd mm-hmm. be really fun. Actually, I could probably do McCann or, or uh, uh, they're great. Goldberg I, I want to, yeah, I want to be McCann or Goldberg. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What's that, your yeah. Scott? Uh, McCann and Goldberg are on there, and then um, I'm 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 probably past it now. But I, Lenny would would be the one. But I'm not too far away from Max. You could do and, a Max, Scott. And I was like, that would that would be. That would be vicious. Can you imagine yeah. Gam? I don't know if he's ever done it. We need to look and see. But Michael Gambone as Max. That'd be hardcore. Ooh, just yeah. just playing a butcher with a fucking stick. Like he would just, he has to have done it. I can't believe that he hasn't. What is um, the guy's name in Big Fish, whose name I can't think of all of a sudden, who is like an old school actor who... Oh, why can't uh, I think of him all of a Ewan sudden? Ewan McGregor? Albert Finney, sorry. Oh, Albert Finney. Oh, Albert yeah. Finney as Max yeah. is my first choice. That would be crazy. I don't oh, know why I couldn't think of his name. He's if great. he was still with us. But for Betrayal, I would play either of those, I think would be a blast. But I, I'm with you, Bailey. I'm kind of like... I want to direct that one. That's Scott, the one I want to get my hands on. I'm telling you I want to Frankenstein Albert Finney and bring him back for the homecoming. <laughs> you can do that. That would be appropriate for for that picture play. I'm Albert uh, Finney. No. <laughs> it's the same as Carl Churchill. Y'all, the, <laughs> the Batman is getting pretty good reviews. The Robert Pattinson one? Yeah. I'm interested it's in it. Three hours long. It's three Fuck, hours why? long, and it's set up as like a super dark neo noir, super noir, which I'm kind of into because okay. that's kind of what I want from my Batman. Hours. Well, but and, three yeah, hours, and that's what Batman was. He was a detective. Exactly, but I'm like, give me a detective movie though. Don't just say noir. This needs to be a detective. No, no noir is noir. This, nobody knows what noir means. Is anymore. it? Has it been yeah. released yet? Uh, no, Friday. It's this is tomorrow. Friday. I need to get out to the movies. It's been a while since I've gone out. Well, if you have A-list, Scott, it comes out tomorrow. Ooh. (laughs) Two days early. But all of them are sold out, so there's no way to see it. So I'll have to wait. Uh, This has been our podcast on Matt Reeves' The Batman. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining us. Do you guys have any L.A. spitlets? L.A. Spotlight. Uh, I do. You you have, uh, as of the release of this podcast, you will have two more chances to see uh, how we got on uh, Idris Goodwin's play doing that we're doing at Sacred Fools right now. And uh, we've extended, so... But we just did the first weekend of extensions as of the release of this podcast. So you only have two chances. So get your tickets at sacredfools.org. It's a great time. You'll have fun. Uh I have one as well. It's I've been alluding to it for a couple weeks, but it is a world premiere play called Future Tripping, and it is by my friend and fellow Webster alum and a uh, avid listener to this podcast, Brian Jean White. Um, he he wrote and directed it. Uh, our very good friend Heather Schmidt's in it. It's just a three hander. It is a really fucking cool play. Uh, we're opening on Saturday, March the 12th. We're going to be at the upstairs space at Loft. But you can get all that information at futuretrippingplay.com.
com. Please come see it. Uh, and what a URL. That... <laughs> Please know that uh, producing independently of a company is really fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so grateful for the team Producing me. with a company is pretty it, fucking hard. It is. I just, there's so many things I didn't know were built into working with a company. And I'm just, I'm grateful for the team and we love the show and I'm excited to share it with people. So futuretrippingplay.com. Nice. Can't wait. And we also... Bailey have... and I are going to go see it together. We I would are. love it if y'all did. We're very yeah, excited. We don't want to see you while we're there. But uh, we'll, well I'm just front of house by the time the show opens, so... Right. No, but <laughs> well, we don't we will actively pursue ignoring you when we get there. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. Um, that's fine. <laughs> that's how we do it here in L.A., folks. Uh, <laughs> Los Angeles, the home of pretension and uh, acting like you don't know people when you run into them. I do that all the time. Uh, you should also go to... Pasadena Playhouse website and check it out because we're now selling tickets for Anne. Oh, uh, we, yes, yes, yes. I actually met Holland Taylor today. She's the best. She's, she's amazing. awesome. Uh, she's been she's around forever. She's uh, she's actually using Anne Richards' actual phone on stage every night. <laughs> the phone cool. from her office that was also used by George Bush before her. Um, and it's just going to be amazing. It's going to be an amazing show. I highly recommend coming out to see it if you have the means and you can come out to L.A. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a code I can give out at some point. I'll let you all know. But also, Uncle Vanya callbacks were today. <gasps> oh. And I'm uh, very excited for that one. Uh, Michael McKetty is directing, and it's going to be really good. I went to the director <sighs> meeting the other day, and he explained, especially right now with everything going on, uh, we've taken – the word Russia or Russian out of all of our marketing. None of that is present. Huh. Um, but we're still doing the show because we're cool. like, yeah, why would we not do Chekhov right now? This is the perfect time right. to do Chekhov. So uh -huh. yeah, we should, we should say fuck Putin. Oh, uh, yeah, Putin. we should. Fuck yeah. Putin. Go straight uh, to hell, you piece of shit. We are okay, never political wow. on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, we've never been Jesus, political on this podcast, CJ. but you should never. know we hate Putin. Um Anyway, you should uh, drown in a pile of your own fecals. Whoa! But <laughs> you yeah. know what, Putin? You know what you are? A fucking cuck. He, he might. He would. He may kill you for that. You're not wrong. Good. Listen, yeah. I've lived a good life. It's a good time to die in America, y'all. But also knowing him, he probably is a cuck, but like straight up on purpose. Oh well, listen. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. So. Even Putin. Except if it's Putin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it's thank you. I believe it's oh, Putin. Putin. And in uh, June, look out for Fringe Festival, Hollywood Fringe. We're going to have a lot more updates on that. We might do like a bonus fun Fringe episode. We might get some people on. Totally. We're going we're gonna, to like cover Fringe. We're going to like fully we cover I Fringe. I think we're going to do a full coverage of Fringe. We should get our asses way into Fringe for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll as many things as we can. Uh, if you contact us <gasps> and say like, please come see our show and talk about it on your podcast, we'll do it. We'll yeah. do it. We will do it. We'll do. I a can't shout out. promise I won't be extremely honest about my feelings about your show. Right. Yep. We're, we'll we'll be we'll but, be upfront. But we will be upfront. But we'll be nice. And I uh, will also be doing a show that you can equally criticize. I'm doing two. So exactly. So. exactly. Uh, it'll be super fun. But thank you for joining us on uh, for this entire mini series. I, I hope you made it through all three. Maybe you just joined us for betrayal. Maybe you're here for the whole whole gig. We we love you either way. We really do. Uh, this has been the per birthday potty part three, the <laughs> yes. whole mini series. Uh, now, 
after this, we have a Bailey and stuff pick. So this Thursday, Scott, CJ, and I are getting together. Thank you. <laughs> and we are going to be watching the Sound of Music Live, the NBC Sound of Music Live starring Carrie Underwood. Yeah. And yes, we all have a lot of feelings about it, but I think that's some of our best episodes have been when we're like, we don't like this. Let's talk about why. <laughs> Um, I think our Dear Evan Hansen episode is really solid. I think our Diana the Musical is really solid. Which, by the way, go check out some of the drama. I think some of it got deleted, but there was some drama. There was some back and forth on the Instagram. I looked at the guy that loved Diana the Musical. He I loved it. Him. Yeah, he was. And very he upset said he gave us. he gave us like five minutes in the pod before he turned it off. I was like, I'm not going to listen to a whole hour of you bad mouth. Well, good and, job. And like, then what the fuck do you know, dude? Exactly. <sighs> I hate that shit. Exactly, but it's okay. We it's still okay. love you. Please engage with us on Instagram. We will badger you if you're stupid. But besides that, um, <laughs> um, uh, 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 we'll be doing that. And then after the Bailey pick and stuff, we are finally covering. Are we? Is that what we're going to do? Are that's we the do plan. That? We should I think talk yeah. to Casper because we do have Casper Washington coming on for the series. We have Lynn Nottage. <gasps> yep. I'm so pumped. I've yep. read all three of these plays already. Have y'all? No, just one. I I did. I just really got into it and read through them. So they're a lot, and yeah. they're good. And yeah, they're very intense. There's in their so own much ways. to talk about. Yeah. I can't wait for it. Uh, we're gonna break it up into three episodes. We're gonna do it all. We might end up recording it all at once, which is gonna be a big day. But we're gonna do it. Uh, but that's all. That's all I have. Okay, do y'all have questions or comments? Do you want to yell at me for how mean I was about Putin? Well, go to hell. But you can do yeah, that through email or you can message us at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Scott? Thank you, CJ. A big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson, who writes our theme song, which you hear every week. Um, this is a fact, and it's not me saying it or hyping it. Our theme song is better than your theme song. Yeah. It's true. Uh, Ryan also writes all of our stingers, uh, including the new chronology. Um, and he is an amazing human being. Also, big shout out to Pamela Quinn, who's a frequent and well, every contributor. She contributes to every episode, doesn't she? Yeah, she sure yeah. does. She's a frequent guest, but she's written our uh, Pinter centric song, which you are about to hear, which also uh, ended both of uh, parts one and two. Uh, so thank you, Pamela Quinn, for being amazing. Uh, and then finally, to the great Pulitzer Prize winning uh, playwright Annie uh, Baker for writing. Uh, Every single one uh, of our episodes, and she what? doesn't even know it. Huh? <laughs> one day, Annie Baker, we're going to buy you a beer. Oh my yeah, God, I, hope so. I can't wait. It's going to be so great. But maybe not, because like, you won't let us do your plays also. so. <laughs> yeah, we need it. Yeah, come to have a beer. Let's talk it out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk it out. We'll discuss. Uh, okay. Rate, subscribe, review, do it. It helps. It actually does. And we know we say it every time. And if you listen this far, you're a real one. Just hit that subscribe button. So just just do it. Just give a little review. It's it's fine. It won't hurt. We love you all so much. (laughs) We'll see you next week to talk about some sound and some music. Yeah. What you got, Bale? We're all waiting. Full steam ahead. Take this dead girl walking. Let's break the bed. Rock this dead girl walking. No sleep tonight for you. Better chug that Mountain Dew. Get your ass in gear. Make this whole town disappear. Slap me, pull my hair. Touch me there and there and there. <laughs> What's that from? I have Can no you name idea. It?
No. No, I it's don't. Based, it's based. It's a musical based on a movie from the 80s. But it's actually really good. I don't know. I was on it's blank. a rated R teen film from the 80s. Breakfast Club? No, but close. This one has Winona. Heathers? Yeah. It's from oh. Heathers. Oh, I've seen Heathers. I it's a really good musical. I you like that musical. You sing it great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your face. You're, I sang it in the key. You're beautiful. In the octave breath. You're beautiful. As you started singing, CJ went and I think smelled her boobs. No. Whoa. I just, I'm seeing if my wipe on tan is sweating off because I'm sweating my ass off right now. Oh, you wipe your tans on these days? Yeah, I, I'm super white, so I don't tan in a tanning bed. And I just felt like looking tan. Yeah. This is great. Great. And later, everybody. <laughs> Start off neat. Come collected cool, so respected far from a fool, so innocent it only takes one argument. Then it's getting rough, the toughness is tough, the hedges grow knives, the room is our lives, the birthday is out, birthday party is in. Let's Sublime became 